Hello, and welcome to So You Think You Can Rule Persia, the podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia, from Diochis to Yazdegerd the Third. I'm Sariel, and my pronouns are they, them. And I'm Umberto, and my pronouns are he, him. Okay, so welcome to episode... something? Eleven. Wait. Yes, welcome to episode eleven, that is to say Xerxes the Second. We'll get to find out if Xerxes lives up to his grandfather Xerxes' name, or if he is less impressive, if he's more in the rank with his father or his grandfather. We'll get to find out how that works today. Wait, 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 wait a second. I mean, Artis Xerxes did a bunch of stuff. Yeah, like, but I'm looking at my no notes Xerxes. here. And... <sighs> he also did reign Fair. like 40 years, like twice the time of Xerxes had accomplished okay. half the things. So, but also, but also, wasn't Xerxes the maybe great, maybe okay? I mean, he is a Shah and Shah, though. That is fair. But because he's relatable, well, relatable, he's memorable, let's say. Yeah, but he suppressed a lot of revolts because he could, and he crossed into Greece and built bridges and fleets and armies. Oh, okay. okay Artaxerxes okay. mostly trusted Megabyzus to do things, and when Megabyzus oh, rebelled, that's true. just tried to that's beg for mercy. That's why he was cool. I was like, <laughs> I seem to remember last episode, we had a lot to talk about, and it was very fun, and I took a lot of notes. It was Megabyte. It, yeah. Yes, Megabyte is the one that you're there for. That's why we yeah. gave him a VIP seat. For paradise. And cool general. Okay. Xerxes the second son of Artaxerxes. Yeah, just to recap a little bit of what Artaxerxes did. So Artaxerxes took the kingdom from what Xerxes had, so the big massive kingdom in the Golden Age, and Artaxerxes sort of tried to keep everything together, but there were a series of revolts around. Athens was poking the empire with a stick, trying to see what happened, trying to increase a revolt that was in Egypt. And so Artaxerxes was trying to hold everything together, but the edges were sort of falling off, which isn't great. And also Artaxerxes had a lot to contend with his general Megabyzus. There was a lot of back and forth there, but in the end, they became friends again and Megabyzus died a natural death, which is more than you'd expect, which is excellent. Yeah, I mean, he was just exiled for a while, and then he came back, and then he was like, all right, I'll, you know, do things from yeah, here. I'll not make any more trouble. Bye. But yeah, so at the end of this 40-year-long reign, Artaxerxes I died and left the throne to his son, Xerxes II. And Xerxes is in a very nice position because he is the only son from a wife. So he is the highest-ranked son among all the sons, so... He was the only one that was going to succeed, and everybody else was not exactly not eligible, but not likely to succeed. Because, not well, they're of a lesser rank. I see. Yeah, they're legitimate, but not as good, essentially. We're not really sure when exactly Xerxes was born, but we have a vague idea based on the fact that Artaxerxes fathered him, and Xerxes was an adult when he came to the throne. So we can assume he was roughly born between 460 and 450, which would make him around 26 or 36 when he came to the throne. Okay. Do we know what Artaxerxes was doing around that time? At the time, I think it was... Not positive, but I think it was the revolt of Megabyzus at oh. that time, roughly. 
Wonderful, so no stressful at all. <laughs> no, not really. Little baby Xerxes had to live through. Maybe Megabizus will come and execute us all. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Hope your auntie can convince him. Yeah, I didn't write down any dates because... Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but uh, Artaxerxes comes to the throne in 465, and Megabizus is in the 50s, so eh, that's roughly it. Okay, what does this 20-slash-30-year-old do? Well, actually, we need to go further back in time, because oh. for the first time since Cyrus, I think, we have information about the youth and education of this young prince. Oh my goodness. So we get to find Who... out what happens to him. Who's giving us the information? Uh, it's very varied, honestly. It's partially Herodotus telling us some things. Wait, I thought Herodotus had left us already. We had to say goodbye to him. It was very sad. He has left us mostly, but there's like some little crumbs of information that are apparently applicable to later. So there we go. Okay. But we're already in the contemporary period. Or, we, like, we already passed the contemporary period for Herodotus. Yes, exactly. And I don't think he can write about the future. So. No, but some of the childhood information is relevant to Xerxes as well. Ooh, mostly through okay. previous princes. Okay. And then we also have something from Plato. I think it's the Republic. I can't remember positively, but the Republic sounds like a good place to write about education. And then Xenophon, who is the guy that wrote the Cyropedia, who right. was at a court... And learned about all these things. Yeah, the fanboy. We like it. Yes, exactly. Okay, so Plato is in the picture now. Plato is contemporary to now. Plato is... he is... what is he? I think he's roughly 50 years after this. Oh, okay. I think so Socrates is around about... pestering people in Athens at the moment. So I see. <laughs> we're getting there. So, what are we told about Xerxes? Well, we know that when he was a little baby, he wasn't really allowed into the presence of his father until the age of either five or seven. It's sort of unclear based okay. on the sources. Talk about one-sided parenting. <laughs> Basically, because he lived in the harem until then. Okay. You know, the harem, get out of your head the idea of the stereotypical oriental picture <laughs> with scantily clad women everywhere and drugs and smoke and ooh, mysticism. Yeah, not, uh, probably not very accurate. No, what I mean by harem, when I will speak about it, is generally just the women's quarters, which is where the women of the palace live. So you yeah, have... surprise. If you have a bunch of concubines and wives and, I assume, family members, then, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just concubines and wives, but it's also the king's mother, aunts, sisters, daughters. I see. Pretty much every female member of the family, this is where they can hang out and yeah. live. And also, as we've seen here, the children tend to live there. And little baby Xerxes is there among all the different women of the house. Adorable. And not only, Plato tells us that he would probably been taken care of by the best royal eunuchs, who were there in charge of the right formation of his limbs, so to ensure that his body was properly developing, I'm I sorry, assume. what? I don't I know. I feel like... <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought the right formation of someone's body is kind of, you know, pretty much decided in the <laughs> womb by the genes. Like, I don't yeah. think anything you can do apart from, you know, not making it worse... For a baby, 
apart from maybe preventing hip dysplasia, I don't think there's much you can do once they've been formed into a living yeah. being outside of the mother. I, what? Yeah, I think Plato is probably more talking about like physical exercise or something like that. He's a baby, is he? He's like five years old. Like, just let him play. What do? You, why are you gonna make him do push-ups? What? But haven't you the, seen the baby is fat? It's all chubby. It needs to turn it into pure hard muscle. How else is he going to rule a kingdom? This is not how it works. <laughs> this is not. T don't make very young children do intense exercise. It's really bad, actually, for their development. Yeah, you're not just, gonna enjoy what comes next. Oh, why am I even trying? <laughs> eh, we'll see. All right, so a whole gym routine for five-year-old Cersei's. Yes, but when he becomes seven years old, finally he graduates to grown-up studies. Okay. Because he begins to, well, first of all, live outside the palace and get communicate with all the different nobles, the king, all okay. the important members who live around there. And he's taught to ride, and he has also begins to go on some hunts out, either with some slightly older companions, some slightly older other noble children, or with the king himself, if he has the time. All right. And just goes around and learns a lot of things. You and know, hunting is typical at the time. And you yeah, just especially for the nobility. Exactly. And also, lots of children learn to ride at around that age, I assume. About eight years old. That, yeah, I think know. that's... Re I don't know how to ride a horse, but I assume you can do it as a seven-year-old. By modern standards. Yeah. Eh, fine. And yeah, so in these hunts and in his lessons, he is taught horsemanship and archery, because as a king, you need to know how to wield a bow and arrow. Otherwise, yes. what kind of king are you? Mm -hmm. And he is also taught how to tell the truth, because apparently we are told that the Persians regarded lying as the worst offense. What? I... <laughs> cough, cough, Darius. Sure, sure. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh-huh, yeah. Darius told me more about that. Mm -hmm. A little uh, bit of an issue, we don't know. So is this going to be like Cyrus learning justice? Sort of, actually, yes. We get that from Plato, mostly. You which... know, kind of uh, questionable. We're not given that much detail into the specific teachings, but... You know, I assume it would be questionable. I am so lost. Just, okay, just tell me. Because right now I don't know what to make of it anymore. <laughs> yeah, so once he's gone through these earlier educations, he starts to get put into a full exercise routine, which were given by Strabo, which is a Greek geographer, where we have the daily routine in the full day. So Xerxes and the rest of his playmates, maybe his younger mm -hmm. siblings, or, you know, other nobles that are in the area, it's always good to be educated with other nobles, so... You know them when you grow up and you know what they're like. Right. So all these children are called to rise before dawn by sounding some brass instruments to wake them all up. Yeah, we keep doing that. Then they're arranged in group of 50 under the command of a prince or a more important noble. And this group of 50 runs five to seven kilometers just woken up. Okay, okay I'm out. <laughs> I'm already... No. You don't want to be a Persian prince anymore. No. It's not worth it. <laughs> I'm crossing it out of my list of aspirations. Ah, damn. Sorry. Oh, well, next time we'll ask <laughs> the current prince to step in. So then afterwards, they return back to the palace and they're taught several different lessons. So they're taught how to speak publicly, which 
always useful mm-hmm. as a ruler. How to cross rivers, keeping their armor and clothes dry while on Ooh, campaign. Nice. They're also taught to pasture animals and keep watch during the night. Mm-hmm. And to identify in the countryside which sort of fruits are good to eat if you are out either hunting or on yeah, some sort of campaign. Very useful. So, yeah. It is good skills. I wish I had been taught that, honestly. Foraging and hunting skills are really good. Probably more foraging nowadays, but really amazing. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. And how to speak publicly. I feel like we should teach this more often. <laughs> Nobody yeah, knows how to do it. No, not really. And anxiety is really bad, so please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is all that they do in the morning. Then they have lunch, and for lunch they have bread, a cake, a piece of salt, and either roasted or boiled meat. And as a drink they only have water, because, come on, they're children, don't make them drunk. Also, they have lessons in the afternoon, maybe don't. Excellent. Sounds really good. I love bread. Yeah, bread is very good. And in the afternoon they go on a hunt, so they go hunting generally by shooting arrows or throwing javelins from horseback. Because, well, mm-hmm. this is a, a part of their heritage from when the Persians came up from the steppe, essentially. Then they come back to the palace with all the animals they've captured, but they don't eat them themselves. They just bring them back. Okay. At which point the king looks over their bounty and gives them rewards of gold for who was best at catching this food and for a running race. Wait, so they already caught the animals and then... Yes. They have to run after them? No, they already caught the animals and they're dead. Okay. <laughs> they just bring them all the way to the king and the king says, okay, good job, you caught the coolest oh, okay, animal. Okay. You get a prize. And then they say, okay, now for a running race. Okay, first at running, you get a prize. Oh, so two things. Okay, I was so confused yes, two for a moment. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm silly. So this is all in the afternoon. And then finally in the evening, they learn how to plant trees, make armor and nets. That's really Which is cool. always useful. It's a very intense cross between a military camp and a DIY arts and crafts camp. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but you know. Survival. Yeah. Survivalist camp 101. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want your king to be some nobody who has been sitting in a palace all day for all his life doing nothing useful. Yeah, no, especially if you actually expect them to go on campaigns and fight on their own. Yeah, exactly. Most of these kings so far, pretty much all of them, have been warrior kings in one way or another. And you want to trust your generals, but not too much. Yeah, no, you should have a king who can fend for themselves. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, next we get some information on Plato at what happens when they become 14. At that point, they're assigned four separate tutors that are meant to teach them wisdom, justice, temperance, and bravery. Okay. So, essentially, for wisdom... Xerxes was taught how to properly worship and what his duties would be as king. So what are his obligations and rights? What should he do? What should he not do? How do we take example from the past? How do we understand Hmm. what Bardia did wrong and what Darius did right? Of course, because Darius did no wrong ever. He was perfect. Yeah, he was great and excellent. It says so on the mountain. Yeah, look at it. So big. How could it be wrong? Yeah, perfect. And then after the great lessons on Darius, he was taught how to always tell the truth, as I mentioned earlier, from of course, from his just tutor. Then from his temperate tutor, he would be taught to not give in to his passions, but control them. So the passions would not control him, and he could live 
justly. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the brave tutor would train him to be bold and fearless in battle and ensure that he doesn't become a slave to fear, but can master it and be a proud warrior. Which, very useful, because to be quite honest, the human mind is not really made to withstand such trauma. I mean, we are kind of a violent species, but mm, war is scary. And I can imagine anybody would have trouble going into such a, an endeavor. So Yeah, and it's know. all the more important for a king to be brave, because if you're running away from the battle, then why does the foot soldier in the front line have to stand and fight if you're just proving yourself <laughs> to be a coward? They're not going to follow you. They're just going to say, oh, well, screw this. I'm going home. Of course. So, yes. Yeah. So, there we go. Then, according to Xenophon, at the age of 16 or 17, Xerxes and all of the other noble heirs mm-hmm. would then be collected together and start to be given a bit more authority in uh, governing either their family estates or the local satrapy or something of the sort, depending on their rank. So yeah, they I mean, they're, they're basically their men by is. now, right? So maybe give them a little bit of responsibility and teach them how we've seen previous monarchs do with their children. Yeah, exactly. And this is essentially where the education ends. They're eventually phased into a job, some sort of government position, be it a general Mm -hmm. administrator or or satrap of some sort. And, well, Xerxes' time comes when he is either in his late 20s or early 30s, we saw, when Artaxerxes I, after a 40-year-long reign, dies. Right. And, well, fortunately for Xerxes, the succession is very straightforward because... He's the only legitimate son, so yeah, and nobody we're not really in the middle of a war. That. Nobody deposed Artaxerxes, so things just followed their course. I assume. Yeah, it's a relatively peaceful time, so he can quite easily take power. It's fine. So, in the first days of Xerxes' reign, he is uh, called to attend a religious festival somewhere in Persia. We're not sure specifically where he officiates for the first time as king in both his political and religious role, of course, as a ruler. And at this festival, it seems that Xerxes had a little bit too much to drink Uh at one point. As you do when you're like 20-something. Yeah, and I mean, you just became king, you want to celebrate a little bit, there's this whole festival in your honor, so... Like, if you've just been crowned king, I assume you would have a massive party, right? Like, this is the moment. So he chooses his moment well and indulges a bit too much in the wine. So he stumbles home to the palace and passes out on the bed drunk. The one thing his studies as a kid didn't prepare him for. He knew how to cross a river. He knew how to ride a horse, how to shoot an arrow, how to hunt, how to forage. But they gave them water as a drink and not wine. And so he cannot hold his alcohol. Yes, they should have had an alcohol management class. (laughs) And there we go. I'm very happy they did not give alcohol to children, honestly. (laughs) Solely wean them on it eventually. One drop (laughs) extra every day. But yeah, so Xerxes is passed out drunk, and the camera pans just outside the royal quarters, where there are a few men sort of chatting to each other. There Hmm. is a eunuch called Farnakius, accompanied by by a courtier named Bagorazus, and the cousin of the king, called Menostanes, who had been injured by Megabizus 20 years earlier in battle. Ooh, in the battle that Megabizus held against Artaxerxes? 
Yes, when Megabizus was rebelling. Yeah, I assumed, because if he still works for the royal family, then... So all of these people are chatting together, and they have a letter over there, and mm-hmm. it seems to be signed Sogdianus, which is a half-brother of Xerxes II. I... Wait, why do I know the name? Because I mentioned it last time as one of the names to remember for the future. I, yes, and I did. Let me... Yay! Let me find my notes. Let me find my notes. <laughs> Where are Sogdianos, Pyrosatis, and Ocus, the yes. children? Yes, those are Xerxes' half-siblings who are right. around the world now. Aha, uh-huh. I have it right here. Okay, cool. Yeah, so our merry band of people who have received this letter are carefully listening to the door, and when they hear that Xerxes is snoring peacefully, mm. they all tiptoe in silently into the room. Oh no, oh no. It has on the outside Wait, written... is the episode about to Xerxes be over? Xerxes' murder Wait. room. Wait. Wait. <laughs> I was and not prepared for And they brutally stab Xerxes to death. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> we just started recording. We yes. just started recording. We're done already. Okay, everybody, thank you for listening. Goodbye. We're done. <laughs> Goodbye. So yes, Xerxes the second is dead. He has been murdered. Xerxes apparently don't do well with natural deaths. And, well, this is his life. Are you impressed? I've written five sentences. No, four <laughs> sentences about him. That's oh nice. my God. <laughs> More than I expected. Are you serious? This is the episode. This is what. This, this is, is all. This, yes. I... Also, full disclosure, Xerxes II is known from a paragraph in Tejas. And all this thing about the education is just every other Persian prince. I just needed something to fill the space. Oh, thank God. I, okay. <laughs> I Otherwise it would have been just, he comes to the throne, he's stabbed, the end. Immediately murder. So, I'm excited wow. about his scores. It's going to be... I, come on, I was wonderful. like, oh, he's getting prepared for what he's going to have to do. And he knows how to fight and he knows how to survive. <laughs> and it's going to be a great king and, uh, you know. Eh, nope. Oof. So, is Sogdianus our next episode? It seems definitely to be so. Yeah. Sogdianus apparently gave some good incentives to these courtiers to get rid of this legitimate son and ensure that he can take over, as he always was meant to. Right. Oof. Okay, well, I did not expect this for this episode, <laughs> but, but do, do you want to like talk about something else just to fill the space a little bit? <laughs> so the Nice weather, weather we're well, having. Yeah, it's great. It's, just, it's excellent. Uh, it's great. Very hot. Bit warm, but still, sunny skies. <laughs> okay, no, for real. Let's do the categories then. Awesome. Let's rate this man. Okay, so first category is final moments. How interesting was his death? He got stabbed. I don't know. Two he got points stabbed, for... like, barely after becoming king. I well, that is funny. Points three points. Three, yeah. One extra point for the fun. I'm sorry, Xerxes. <laughs> yeah, I also agree three. Two points for the stabbing, one point because it's ridiculous. Two so. points because it's not a natural death, right? And one point because, wow, that was quick. <laughs> okay, so three and three for final moments gives us a three out of ten. Next category is battle hardness. How good was he at fighting, at wars, at battle, at glorious victory? (laughs) Eh, Yeah, I mean, he probably knew how to shoot a bow. That's cool, I guess. Zero. (laughs) Zero. Okay, fine. Sorry, Xerxes, you get a zero out of 20, (laughs) which is 
12 <laughs> points less than your grandfather Xerxes. So, so far you're not doing well. Oh, he didn't even have a chance. Leave the poor guy alone. Next category is scheminess. How good was he at plots and schemes? We don't know. Zero. Also, he got murdered, so can't have been that good. Minus five. (laughs) So another zero, zero gives us zero out of 20 for scheminess. (laughs) Next category, shock factor. He got drunk after a festival that one time. When he was crowned king... Like, yeah. excuse him for celebrating. Zero. <laughs> What's shock? I mean, what, the only thing shocking about him is how short his reign was. Yeah. So yeah, zero and zero. Zero out of 20 for shock factor. Next category is Aaron Shine. How good was he for the Empire? Did he improve I mean, it? Did he not? Listen, as I always say, he didn't make it worse. But also he didn't have a chance to. Yes, the fact that Tejas is our only source for Xerxes existing isn't a good sign for his impact. (laughs) (laughs) One paragraph in Tejas, only source. That's it. Well, but like, there's people who are going to make the empire worse. So, at least they're going to actively do. I again, I we gave Bardia a one. Uh, If Bardia got a one, Xerxes can't get a one. I'm sorry, that's true. (laughs) I like Bardia better. Yeah. Zero out of 20 for Aaron Shine. Next category, face of faces. Do you want to know what this man looks like? Wait, I need to draw him. I, wait. Let's try. Okay, so Serial is going to send me their drawing. and It I is let you know. sent. There we go. Ooh, I like this. Yeah, right? So, Look at the hand. It is very nice, yes. So... We have some drawn curtains, probably bed curtains, I would assume. Yes. And a sleeping figure there with some nice long hair, their faces hidden in darkness, just the eyelashes and the nose, and some Zs with Xerxes sleeping very drunk. Mm-hmm. And then popping out from above is a hand holding a nice dagger, ready to end this man's life before he can do anything of consequence. Yeah. I guess he quit before the fall. Like he, yeah, he didn't lose the empire. You know, he just was murdered. It's fine. It was, what, what is that expression? Quit while he was ahead. Yes, you know, at the top of the curve, just when things were the best in his life. Like he went to sleep. He probably didn't realize anything because drunk, and then he had a dagger in his chest. And I guess a little bit of pain yeah. while you're dying, but you know. I mean, if they stabbed him properly, they probably didn't want the guards to hear. So I assume yeah. they made it quick. So that's good, I guess. Because uh. if you cut his throat, that'll be quick, but also ouch. I feel the quickest yeah. way would be on the head. I think stab through the heart is probably. But the but like, do you take a bit to you know? Do you? You'll feel that. I don't know. If anybody has been stabbed die- through the heart, let us know. <laughs> I feel like your consciousness will keep up. Before I think you definitely finally... go into shock before you can realize anything. Mm. That's a pretty massive trauma. I'm gonna have to look this up. Gonna have to we'll look see. this up. Dear FBI agent, looking at my <laughs> Google search, here's another one for you. Good time. But yes, so with your wonderful portrait now completed, do you want to see what this man looked like? Do we have any portraits? <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, Nobody I had any so. time. And yeah, nothing made as a prince, so eh. uh. 
He is only our second person without any portrait after Faortes. And so Sad. finally, your portrait will be the official Xerxes the Second portrait forever and ever. Honestly, you know what? I put half of his well, his whole face in shadows because I don't know. And I feel like that's very fitting. Also, this is my favorite portrait that I've made so far. Possibly because I had a lot of artistic license. <laughs> we'll try to have more kings but where we know barely anything about This him, one, I am glad that it, this is the portrait for Xerxes the Second. Priority is not so happy that I had to, you know, yeah, take on that. But. Okay, so face to face is zero, zero, zero out yeah. of five. Good job. Next category is lengthiness. How long do you think this man reigned? Give me a Six number. hours. <laughs> Bit short. <laughs> well, okay. Before Artaxerxes was cold, his son already was gone. <laughs> I mean, okay, like maybe there was a couple of days as the... the Father died, but like then the coronation happened, right? So technically, he doesn't start reigning until the coronation happens, and then I imagine that was like a whole day. So maybe like I think less than twenty-four hours. No, I mean counting his reign as starting from Artaxerxes' death. Well, that's not how I was counting his reign. Okay, I, what know, happens if you were counting it that way? Then I don't know, a week <laughs> at max. No, you're undercutting poor Xerxes II. He was much more skillful. He managed to rule for a grand total of 45 days. Oh, that's quite a lot. And he yeah, wasn't so crowned until day 45? I mean, oh. we don't know that this party was a coronation. It was some religious oh, festival. Oh, okay. Something. Okay, okay, eh. okay. I see that. That's not fair. I did not have all the information. <laughs> well, nobody does about Xerxes II. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Okay. Okay, so with 45 days, dividing that by 10 years, that gives us <laughs> 0.013 points for lengthiness. Excellent. So in total, we have a wonderful grand score for Xerxes II, which is 3.01 3. <laughs> out of 100 points. Beautiful. So yep. making him officially the worst king we have ever had. I mean... I'll say it's not fair because, you know, he didn't get a chance. But also Bardia doesn't get a chance and he did way better. <laughs> Bardia was at least interesting, yeah. yeah. Just, eh. I mean, Bardia Sorry. also did last for a few months. That's the good thing true. about Xerxes is that it makes you feel better when you think, if I were to rule the Achaemenid Empire, would I last more than 45 days? It sounds like you probably would. You know, I, it's an well, achievable goal. I, I don't think so. I'm not ruthless enough. But... <laughs> I mean, Xerxes... Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Who wasn't... Yeah, exactly. No, nobody... Who wasn't... Nope. Nobody was, was not ruthless. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I take your point. If someone tries to murder me, they'll probably succeed. Especially back then. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so Xerxes the second. Good job surviving those 45 days. Congratulations. And well, next is our final question, which is to say, is he a Shahana? Or did we forget the episode and think to call him Shahanshah? I am so tempted to give him this <laughs> Shahanshah just because it's so ridiculous. I am like, if someone asked me, which episodes are you going to remember? This one, probably. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I'm not going to say no, but... Uh, uh, but this is not what... I, I, I need more yeah. detail. If it was this pathetically short, but then I had a lot of details more about it well then it wouldn't be pathetically short 
But if it was like he ruled 45 days, but then I know everything about how bad he was in those 45 days that people decided to murder him. Yeah. Straight after then, okay, cool, yes. But, eh. To be fair, it doesn't sound like he was really bad and people hated him. It just sounds like his half-brother, Sogdianus, was like, no, 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 the throne is mine. Step aside, yeah. brother. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, if everybody loved him, he probably would would not have been stabbed by the people in the palace. Fair. But eh. Fair. I feel like nobody knew him. He was probably okay and nobody <laughs> really knew him, so it was like... Yeah, one king for another, I don't really care. Yeah, the other guy, guy paid me. Who is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the one... Oh, yeah. That's that guy. Yeah, I've seen him around. He's a prince? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so, Shahana, can we send him back yeah, to meet his father? Yes. Sorry. Very good. Sorry, Xerxes II. You are Shahana. Go back to tell your father, Artaxerxes, that you ruled almost as many days as he ruled years. So... Congratulations. That's going to be yep. an interesting chat. Hope the wine was nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so this is the reason why it doesn't really make sense to call Xerxes the first Xerxes the Great to distinguish him because nobody's really thinking about Xerxes the second when you say the name Xerxes. It's just, oh, Xerxes, the other guy. I guess most people don't even know about him, really. No. If we only really. had like one sentence about him, did he even happen? I guess, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so thank you for listening to us. Thank you for listening to the episode. Hope you had fun with all the education. If you want to raise your own Persian prince, now you know how. I'm not liable for any consequences of that, so good luck. Please don't, please be nice to your children. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, so I hope you'll join us next week for episode... There are too 12. many episodes now. Good. Sogdianus. Yes. So episode 12, Sogdianus. Where Clearly. we'll find out, does he make it? Does he do anything productive? We don't Did know. Did Ocus take his place immediately as well? Because that would be hilarious. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> that would be so funny. Please. Stay tuned, listeners, and you'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Then uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for making it all the way to the, to the end. Yes, if you've enjoyed this, please leave us a rating or review on your podcast app, because that's always helpful and nice, and it gives us strength to keep going. Alternatively, tell your friends. Yes. Share on the internet. I don't know, send us a tweet. We'll have contact details on somewhere, and you know. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, as Ranking Persia. You'll find so. Okay, so have a wonderful day, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye.